You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Get what you need there going into Week 16. We have the Start Sitcom, the one I do every week, the decider, the rankings, and the players to exploit and avoid in certain matchups this week. That's what we do here in the first half of games always on Matchup Wednesday. Very critical Week 16. So we'll start with the Thursday night game. Between the 49ers and Titans. Saturday is back again. This time we have the doubleheader back on schedule here with the Browns playing the Packers and the Colts traveling to the Cardinals. So good matchups there on the early side of games. We'll break down those three games plus five more taking through the 1 p.m. Eastern time early window. Before we do that, thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. And this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is sponsored by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of the life less ordinary with Stance. All right, let's uh, break it down here. 49ers and Titans. So we go with the early lines here. The 49ers, three and a half point favorites here. They're a very good road team this season, five and two. 44 and a half, so a decent total, but kind of what we expected there with not a lot of explosiveness from the Titans side. So let's start with the 49ers. I think you play your principles and treat them like you would. George Kittle is a top two, top three tight end this week for sure. Stepping in. The Titans are pretty good uh, with Kevin Byard in coverage. They've contained the tight end. Only a few teams are better than them. But George Kittle, there's not many guys that are more dangerous at the position. Right up there with Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. So Kittle is like a wide receiver in this matchup. So Kittle's a wide or tight end one. Debo Samuel certainly with his hybrid role against the Titans. You can't really run on them very effectively. They're the number one fantasy football defense when it comes to running backs. So not feeling to Jeff Wilson Jr., but feeling a lot that you'll get the hybrid situation here with Debo Samuel. So Debo can smash it. He's a top three to five wide receiver this week. So those two are studs. I think Brandon Ayuk comes in with some wide receiver three value this week. When he plays, he's usually... Wide receiver two when he produces, so something to watch there. Jimmy Garoppolo, if you need him as a streamer, super flex, two QB leagues, great matchup. Titans uh, secondary still a mess here. I think he'll be well protected, get the ball to those weapons. Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel here for you. And the 49ers defense, really coming out strong here with Nick Bosa making plays here. And a good little streaming option. Usually don't like the team playing on short week, even in regular week in primetime on the road. But the 49ers are playing really well. The Titans offense, very limited here. Even the Julio Jones playing. So he's going to play through the hamstring on that side of things. But you're not trusting Julio Jones. He has not been a fantasy football reliable asset. You plugged him in maybe a couple weeks ago when the matchup was great. You didn't get anything out of it. And he got hurt again last week against the Steelers. So enough with Julio trying to force him in. A.J. Brown, we'll see. I don't think he's going to be activated. That's the indication here that... Chest injury, he has a window opening to return from injured reserve. Now, if he's in there, he plays. He's just that special player, and it's a chest injury. 
So it's not an injury that uh, you would re-injure that easily the way that uh, Julio Jones keeps getting hamstrung. So A.J. Brown plays no matter what. He's in your lineup this week, that's for sure. And you look at uh, the situation with the backfield, I think it's still Dante Foreman here for the Titans. He's still the main man with the key carries. He's uh, been an RB2, RB2, then exploded as an RB1 last week. So clearly a separation between him and Dante Hilliard and Jeremy McNichols, who returned from his concussion and still saw Foreman get the key touches. So he's an RB2. The way they're using him, the way he can run the 49ers middle of the pack run defense can be exploited there for sure. So Titans defense staying away, not playing Ryan Tannehill, not trusting Julio Jones. If Brown plays, he's in, but you're not going to extend any of the wide receivers like Nick Westbrook, Akine, or look at the tight ends for the Titans. They've just been off the fantasy football radar all season long. Let's uh, turn over to the Saturday games, and we'll go to Cleveland and Green Bay. This one is in Lambeau Field. So short week for the Browns. they got to turn around and play after playing on Monday against the Raiders. Their makeup game, it was pretty ugly. They had to start Nick Mullins. Their offense went in a tank. And we saw that the Raiders won the last second field goal. With the Browns, I think they can hang around a little bit with the Packers. But let's look at their lineup. It's still Nick Chubb, and that's about it at this point for the Browns. You can't really trust Jarvis Landry. The Brown, the Packers have been playing pretty well. He's coming off the COVID-19 list. Landry's had one or two really good games. And otherwise, been off the radar here this season. So, Austin Hooper, we'll see if he returns to kind of a David Njoku, but it's a committee there. Packers are decent against the tight end, so no wide receivers or tight ends there for the Browns. It's easy to go. Not going to trust uh, whatever the quarterback situation is, either with that or Donald Peoples-Jones, the rest. And then you, you look at Nick Chubb. Has the backfield to himself, at least for the most part. Dearness Johnson gets a few touches, but no Kareem Hunt. He's the guy that comes through. He's the only asset that you can trust here for the Browns in fantasy down the stretch with their uh, mess and you have to avoid their defense. Their defense has been pretty decent the past three weeks here, but the Packers in Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers, he only has four interceptions, doesn't get sacked very often, even without David Bakhtiari. There's no place to be had there for Miles Garrett and company. So sit them. You could play the Packers defense. They played pretty well. They didn't uh, play all that well in Baltimore. They gave up a zero. They're really in the most fantasy football leagues in the scoring, and the Ravens moved up the ball. The Browns are that type of dangerous defense, and this game is at home here for the Packers. You could stream them. Monte Adams, wide receiver one. I don't love the mar- the matchup for Marquez Valdez-Scanling or Alan Lazard. His Browns secondary is pretty good. So I think it's going to be a lot of Adams. It's going to be a lot of Aaron Rodgers, a lot of Aaron Jones in the passing game, as well as uh, A.J. Dillon uh, crossing over and getting the touches. They're significantly behind Jones. So Dillon, I think, is a pretty tough matchup. The Browns are pretty good against the run, but... If you're desperate, deeper leagues, you can look at him as a flex. Aaron Jones drops to RB2 because just the usage of Dylan there. Adams is pretty much wide receiver one and use the Packers receivers sporadic in their production at your own risk here because, uh, again, MVS or Lazard uh, could go from having a big game to having nothing, and we've seen that. <coughs> Lazard had the game two weeks ago. MVS had the game last week, so we'll see how that plays out, but I would avoid if I can here in this matchup. Let's turn to our final Saturday game here before we take our first break. It's the Colts and Cardinals. The Cardinals are one and a half point home favorites, even though they've not been a good home team this season. And they're coming off a loss on the road to Detroit. So a little bit of course correction there. 49 and a half is the over-under. So interesting here, the Colts were home favorites and came through against the Patriots last week. 
we get a pretty decent number here. So some scoring is going to be had given the implied total here. So that's good news for Jonathan Taylor. We'll start with the Colts on that side. You can't really trust Carson Wentz. So you don't know the volume and it's limited. But I do like Michael Pittman Jr. to rebound. He got ejected last week against the Patriots. I think his big role against the Cardinals is where his father used to play. If you remember Michael Pittman Sr. He was a fantasy asset for a little while as the Cardinals and uh, Buccaneers running back. But I like the principles to come through here. Jonathan Taylor, the usual workload, he's going to push towards that 23 to 2,500 yards from scrimmage mark. He already has the 19 total touchdowns here. He's going to try to build to that, get to the, the 20 plus mark, because we know that's really special. So they're not going to cheat anybody. They're going to give Taylor his carries. Pittman getting involved in the passing game. You really can't extend to the tight ends anymore. They've kind of disappeared as soon as they use Kylan Granson with Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox. It's just been a mess there. So you can't really trust Wentz there as it's been the Jonathan Taylor show pretty much. And the Cardinals very weak against the run last week against Craig Reynolds and the Lions of all teams. So that bodes well for Taylor staying hot after he ripped the Patriots that long touchdown run last week. Pittman bounces back. I'm going to say he's more of a wide receiver too. Bounces back. He's been kind of quiet and part of it is Wentz and the numbers haven't that been all that big. But here's a chance to get going here as the Cardinals may force the Colts to put it up more in the air than they have in recent weeks. Now, from the Cardinals side of things, you're starting Kyler Murray, but you're open for the best here. It didn't look very good with DeAndre Hopkins without DeAndre Hopkins last week. He got the one touchdown pass to Christian Kirk, but didn't run and do anything like that. So, if I'm going to look for the Cardinals passing game, I'm looking at Christian Kirk as a wide receiver three with some upside. AJ Green, I don't love the matchup actually for him in this game as he's slowing down. I do look at uh, the situation there with the backfield. Uh, I'm going to only trust James Conner. It's a really tough matchup, so. I'm not going to extend a Chase Edmonds. You're going to hope that James Conner finds the end zone in this one. So, very interesting affair here. But Kyler Murray, you start and hope for the best. James Conner, you hope he gets back on track and scores. And Edmonds doesn't cut too, too much into it. You hope Kirk doesn't get his targets pushed away from other guys with Green. But Kirk is their most talented receiver here. And really should operate more like their number one on the underneath routes because of speed and quickness. So, He's really number one, so that puts him at wide receiver three. And Zach Ertz, the Colts give up a lot to tight ends. They just give up a two-touchdown game to Hunter Henry there. So that's where you go. I, if I'm going to go the defense, I actually like the Colts to win this game on the road. I would go over the, for the Colts or the Cardinals. The Colts don't really turn over the ball that much. The Cardinals have had some sloppy games, and the Colts have quite a few playmakers on the back end. So I would not re- really want to force and recommend either, but that's how I kind of prioritize them this week on this show here for you. All right, uh, we will get into more here of uh, what we have going on here in week number 16. We broke down Thursday and Saturday games, so we'll have uh, the bigger games uh, coming up here as we uh, march to the Sunday and Monday night games. First, I got to tell you about On Location, and if you don't know On Location, Super Bowl Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is going to be happening here really soon, less than 100 days away. And On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL, the only place to score once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from the elite experiences. Feature an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SuperBowl56. That's actually SB56 to be specific. So exp.com slash SB56 
For more information or search Super Bowl on location, that's onlocationexp.com slash SB, the number's 5-6, or search Super Bowl on location. Thanks for making a Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. It's time to continue the show. Break down three more games from Week 16 as we go into the Sunday situation here. Buccaneers and Cardinals. The Bucks are still 11-point favorites despite all the issues they have. 44 is the over-under as this game is going to be played in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. Let's look at the Buccaneers here on their side. Tom Brady. Do you trust Tom Brady? No Chris Godwin. He's down for the season. Do we believe that Antonio Brown will be back? I think that's a key factor. And the other thing we have to think about is Mike Evans going to grind through and play. It's not terrible if they don't have Evans. They have some good replacements there, especially Brown. You get downfield field stretcher with <coughs> Scotty Miller and a little bit of uh, Jalen Darden, the rookie. But the key guy is Tyler Johnson in the slot. Can he come through in a bigger role here? And I think you'll see more use of the tight ends. Uh, so Cameron Bray with Rob Gronkowski in there. So there's certainly a lot of weapons that can get the done, job done for Brady. Remember, they're not going to be able to run and score as easily without Leonard Fournette. So probably some more passing in the red zone. But that said, I still like Ronald Jones. I think he'll get quite a bit of work here. He has a good history. Had a long touchdown run against the Panthers in Carolina last year, if you remember that. He's a really hard runner, really uh, can uh, go the distance. You figure the game script is also going to be very favorable. So I expect Tom Brady will be fine. I'm going to start with a 215-2 floor for him to bounce back from that disaster of a Saints game there. And hopefully you survive that into the fantasy football semifinals or maybe just the first round of the playoffs. But I think he bounces back. Trust him. I think he's more of a back-end QB1. I know that by the numbers, the Panthers have been pretty good against the pass. But recently, it's just been Tank City here. We know Josh Allen just lit up the Panthers last week. So Brady should be fine and comfortable. This pass rush can get after him a little bit. But again, I think the weapons are going to reset here with Antonio Brown. Playing for sure, it looks like, headed there. And Evans maybe be able to grind out a game here with a limited snap count. And they also have Brashad Perryman. Don't forget about him. He can be on the exterior there to help. So there are still some weapons. Don't be so down on Brady. He just had to readjust. When you lose all those guys in a game, it's really difficult. When you're playing against New Orleans for Tom Brady, it's been really difficult the past two years in the regular season. So Panthers are a different story. He's played well against them here in a short period of time. Is a turn to the NFC South. So let's watch that. So Brady QB1. You're still looking at Mike Evans as a wide receiver two. If he plays, uh, Antonio Brown as well as a wide receiver too, given the way things are going. Tyler Johnson, if you're really desperate, you can extend to him as a wide receiver three. We'll watch Evans. If not, uh, Perryman would have some value as a wide receiver three this week. Ronald Jones is an RB2 based on his usage here. And the Buccaneers defense rounds it out. So not a bad stack in DFS, the Bucks defense. <coughs> and one Ronald Jones with Leonard Fournette down for the season as well until the playoffs. All right, let's look at the Panthers side of things. Cam Newton, you could play this one for sure. I mean, Cam Newton is running around and making plays. The Bucks have some linebacker issues. Lamonte David is hurting now as well. So a lot of things going on at the second level for them. So And they just gave up a big rushing game to Josh Allen in a couple weeks ago. So really like Cam Newton's chances to run pretty well, throw downfield, get some plays to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So DJ Moore, if you play him, I think you look at wide receiver two. I think in a very deep league, you look at Robbie Anderson or wide receiver three of flex. But DJ Moore is still the lead guy here. I'm going to bench Chuba Hubbard because I don't trust this Chuba Hubbard-Amir Abdullah split here against tough Bucks run defense, and you're not going to play the Panthers defense against uh, Brady. 
and expect the same Saints results from last week. All right, the one defense you are going to play this week is the Chargers. They go to the Texans. They're 9.5 point favorites. 46 is the over-under, so Justin Herbert, smash spot. <coughs> Great opportunity here on the road in Houston. He can put up some big numbers here for the Chargers. So love that. Justin Herbert, maybe the top of the board as the QB1 this week uh, going into this matchup, that's for sure. You have Keenan Allen. He's a wide receiver one. I think Mike Williams at least is going to be a wide receiver two. Volume production is going to happen here. Jared Cook pops in as a back-end tight end one. I think he has a great chance to score this game. Austin Eckler is fully healthy. Getting his regular touches, the little extra rest should help from playing him Thursday. So he'll be fine. He's an RB1 this week. And Justin Jackson will see that maybe the game script can help him put up some numbers, but I wouldn't totally reach to him unless we have a, a deep league and a flex situation. But yeah, the principles for the Chargers, Herbert, Allen, Williams, and Eckler all get it done in this nice matchup. And we like uh, especially uh, Jared Cook as well because the Texans cannot cover the tight end, especially in the red zone. We've seen this all season. Now for the Texans side of things, it's the Brand Cook show. <laughs> He's been like the sole guy every week. That you would trust most. He's had some off weeks, but really come on strong the last two of Davis Mills starting. So I know the Chargers secondary is tough, but they will be without Joey Bosa up front to disrupt stuff. I still like the Chargers as streaming defense with who else left on their team. But you look at uh, the Texans here. I mean, really, Cooks is the guy. They got to scheme him open, and that's what they're doing. They're short, short passes, screens, flipping the ball to him, getting it to his hands however possible. So whatever the conventional ways of covering Cooks. Are. You can't look too much into that here in this game. So Cook still, we're going to say wide receiver three with a bullet here this week. Pretty marquee game in the AFC North is our final game that we'll talk about in this segment. It's the Ravens and the Bengals, two and a half point favorites. The Bengals are at home, 44 and a half. Remember, they crushed this game, went big time away in the third and fourth quarter in week seven in Baltimore. Big game for Jamar Chase. He just exploded. Marlon Humphrey, you tried to cover him, not playing in this game. A lot of other guys are not playing in this game for the Ravens that are on defense. So really opens things up on the back end quite a bit and the possibilities for Joe Burrow. <coughs> we'll see if there's less blitzing with Anthony Averitt being their basically best corner at this point for the Ravens. So I don't know if they'll be more careful to contain Chase. That's what a lot of teams have done since that game where he went off and really kind of peaked in his rookie season. Again, it's hard. You want to move him around. But I still like Chase here as a wide receiver too. That has some upside here. T. Higgins is it there. I don't like Tyler Boyd in the middle, but I do like C.J. Uzama. The Ravens give up a lot to tight ends, and Uzama had three catches on three targets for 91 yards and a couple of TDs in the first meeting. So he has some appeal, but he's hit or miss. He doesn't get enough volume here. So keep that in mind. You're a little bit dependent on a couple of big plays developing, and those are a bit fluky last time. So you can't go chase that box score. So again, I would trust the main guys you have. Again, I'm going to drop Chase to wide receiver two. Higgins there. Uh, Boyd, he could play, but I would not feel great about him. That, that used to be a big Ravens weakness. Now they're oh, pretty weak on the outside as well. So no reason to force things to Boyd and uh, follow last week's game. Or that was the way to attack Denver, who, who were better on the outside there with the Broncos. So keep that in mind. So we're looking pretty good for them as the home team here. To win and to keep going. And Joe Burrow, I love a lot. He's the guy he ties everything together. Great matchup against the Ravens. Uh, secondary, again, their pass rush is kind of void here as well. A variety of weapons, however you look at it, those guys are going to come through for Burrow and give him one of his best fantasy football games in weeks, especially with Joe Mixon a little bit banged up. We're going to check that ankle injury 
to see Samaji Pirine need to play and start because they're going to roll. The Ravens are a tough team to run on in general. So Pirine would still be a plug-and-play if he replaces Mixon. Mixon, you'd have to temper expectations. His history in this matchup is not great, so he'd be more of an RB2 this week. So keep that in mind if he does go. Ravens, uh, I would have put the pause in their backfield as well with Devonta Freeman, especially Latavius Murray suddenly back in the mix. So you can't go there. The Bengals, I think the game script can be throw the ball up a little bit more. <coughs> and I, don't, I will watch Tyler Huntley versus Lamar Jackson, but you can play either one. If you're going to play Lamar Jackson in this game, you can play Tyler Taylor Huntley in this game. Because uh, Tyler, look at him last week, four combined touchdowns, two, two through the air, two on the ground against Green Bay. Both went to Mark Andrews, so you love him in this matchup against the Bengals. He's a smash it tight end one right there with George Kittle. Travis Kelsey, if Kelsey can get cleared off the COVID-19 list, but Kittle and Andrews poised to be big league winners because they're producing right on par with Kelsey pretty much here of late here to help your team. So, again, Mark Andrews, he has a great chemistry Tyler Huntley. I love that to see. And we'll see about Marquise Brown. Maybe there's a chance he can get going. He stretched the field pretty well in the first matchup against the Bengals. He's been rather quiet as we've seen the emergence of Andrews just totally dominate. And other receivers, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, they've been spreading the ball a little bit around. So Marquise, Hollywood has been in a little bit of a slump, but I think him and Jamar Chase can go both break it again in the same matchup here for similar advantageous things going on. So wide receiver two for Marquise Brown, just like with Chase, and a lot of big playability can be stored in this game. I can't feel it for Rashad Bateman or Sammy Watkins, anyone else like that. So for the Ravens, pretty simple. Huntley, Andrews, and Hollywood. For the Bengals, uh, Burrow, Mixon, if he plays. If not, you can pivot to Pirine because of volume. And then a lot more, I like uh, what you can get from Chase and Higgins than Boyd. And Uzama is a deep sleeper here at tight end. If I were to play defense, it's the Bengals. They're at home. They play pretty well. Trey Hendrickson and company creating some havoc there and making some plays. All right. We will break down two more games for you. So this is going to be eight-game breakdown episode. We'll do the same on the back end. We're still sorting out some things with uh, what happened on Monday and Tuesday to close the week. We'll have to sort those spreads out and all that to give you the best detailed information for those games. So we'll get to those tomorrow there, the games in the late to primetime windows here on the show. And uh, look, uh, your holiday season, you've got to grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar for this year, or even better than a candy bar. It's really that good. It's Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavors, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you need to burst down those doors and do your last-minute holiday shopping. And because it's a season of pl- love and peace, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavored family parties. People are so passionate about their flavors, they'll fight for it and things can get out of hand. What's your favorite Bilt Bar flavor? Well, there's so many flavors you can choose from here. You can uh, choose raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. What will you choose? And it's also a great gift. So if you have someone special in your life that you want to get them a healthy, delicious protein bar, or a lot of them, you can go to uh, Bilt.com and uh, pick out a nice mix pack or get them all in one, whatever you like there, to take care of someone on your list. Makes for a great late stocking stuffer. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's uh, 
close the show here and look at the rest of the games. And we'll look at two more here on this show. We'll get through the Lions-Falcons sneaky shootout developing in Atlanta. And Jaguars and Jets. So two lower level matchups here that we'll break down before we get out of it for this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Again, this is Matchup Wednesday. We'll get through the rest of the games, the other eight there through uh, Sunday and Monday night on Matchup Thursday. So programming reminder there. Lions-Falcons. Let's look at this. Lions, uh, Jared Goff was put on the COVID-19 list early in the week. So we'll watch him monitor his progress. But I think he'll be out there for this Falcons game. He has enough time to be cleared. But if that's the case, then you feel really good about Amon Ross St. Brown. Three massive target games in a row. His uh, work has increased in conjunction with TJ Hawkinson being lost for the season with his hand injury. So looking at that. Elmon Wrestling Brown is almost must start as a wide receiver two this week. Josh Reynolds cl- checks in as a wide receiver three. They've got a nice thing going with those two with Jared Goff at this point. So legitimate wide receiver help from the Lions that is actually reliable. We've had enough evidence to think St. Brown is not going to go away. He's just a rookie, so a lot of uh, bright stuff ahead for him. Reynolds, still a pretty young player, but connection, connecting there with uh, Goff, with whom he played in Los Angeles. So there's some uh, things developing there now. With the Lions' backfield, people think it might go back to Jamal Williams if he gets on the COVID-19 list without DeAndre Swift, who probably should be shut down at this point with a shoulder injury. But you look at Craig Reynolds, I think they're going to stick with him. He's a hot hand. He's a youngster. Jamal Williams is a free agent pickup, backup. He hasn't really had any real explosive plays. They've seen Jamar Jefferson do more times. But I think they really like Craig Reynolds. So I think that situation will still lean more Reynolds if you're going to look for someone to use and you want someone to use from the Lions' backfield. The Falcons matchup is just that good. We saw the 49ers destroy it last week. So, again, whoever's the main guy, and it might actually be Reynolds more than Williams, despite uh, the latter being available finally after a couple missed games here for Detroit. So something to watch there. Nothing to see a tight end without Hawkinson. Those two receivers, let's hope Goff plays because he helps them. I'm not going to stream the Lions defense. They're not that good enough to uh, contain the Falcons. So I like Matt Ryan this week as a back-end QB1. Great DFS value. You can stack him up here. I would stack him up more with Russell Gage again than Kyle Pitts. Gage has been getting it done at wide receiver. The Lions have struggled on the back end for the most part. They made some plays. It's surprising. Some teams just run all over them. But Cordero Patterson's in a great spot as an RB1 or wide receiver 1, however you look at it, with his value there for this game. Gage comes in as a wide receiver 2. That's how much he's been involved here. We're not going to hold our breath for Calvin Ridley returning. It's been a tough year without Ridley. We hope he's okay. But again, I don't think just because they have a chance to activate him, he'll be back this week. So keep that in mind. Kyle Pitts, the matchup. The Lions are pretty good against the tight end, but you're starting Kyle Pitts. So Kyle Pitts is more back-end tight end one. Patterson, a higher-end RB1 or wide receiver one this week. Gage bumps up there to wide receiver two. Even potential to be a wide receiver one after having those kind of numbers last week. So... Really like that. And if I'm going to play defense, I'm going to play the home defense. And it's Falcons. Uh, they have some guys who can blank plays. AJ Terrell. That's a little bit concerning for him on Ross St. Brown. But they can move around and scheme him open here. There, uh, as we've seen other teams do that with their receivers against the Falcons. And uh, maybe some plays from Grady Jarrett and, and such up front here. You get a decent game. But I think it's going to be a sneaky, high-scoring game. So you're really dependent on big, big mistakes from Goff. Or Goff not playing and they have to go in a different direction and uh, get those uh, turnovers here from the Lions. All right, the last game we'll talk about this uh, show is the Jaguars-Jets game, and we might be trying to extract something from this game. 
I'm not going to extract anything from the Jaguars passing game. Sorry. Except for James O'Shaughnessy. He's Mr. Rival James O'Shaughnessy returning and playing the Jets. Sounds like a New York uh, Irish name there. And it's a good spot for him in this one here. So James O'Shaughnessy. It's a fun name to say. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas or St. Patrick's Day. He's really come on strong here with Dan Arnold gone. He's kind of replaced him. Laquan Treadwell. Seen some more run. But if I'm going to start someone from the Jaguars passing game, it's Ben O'Shaughnessy here in this game. Actually, we just kind of uh, mixed them all up here with the ja Jaguars. We mixed a sports writer in there with Dan Arnold and James O'Shaughnessy. So everyone is in there for the Jaguars. Whoever that player is playing at tight end for the Jags has had some good value here this season. And the Jets matchup is great. It's getting to be a lot like Christmas here. And we've got to get a little bit silly before Santa arrives. But, yeah, that's it for the Jaguars. I mean, I don't really want to hang my hat on Laquan Treadwell or Marvin Jones. The Jets' secondary is actually pretty good. Contain a lot of things, but they do struggle at linebacker times in coverage. So that helps our friend James O'Shaughnessy. It also helps another James. James Robinson. Big game last week. He did it finally in that matchup against the Texans. Daryl Bevel under the kind of underneath and away from the watch here of Urban Meyer. Really a good situation there. He, he ran the ball well with James Robinson. The Jets matchup is fantastic. So remember the correlation we talk about running back and tight end. When team struggles, it's usually with both scenarios, and that means you don't have great linebacker cores or safeties to clean up. And the Jets certainly are struggling in both those areas. So the two Jameses stick with the Jags. Everyone else, the juniors in the wide receiver core, avoid. Trevor Lawrence just hasn't been fantasy relevant. And I'm not going to force the Jaguars defense. If you tried that last week, you were sorely disappointed against Houston. That was a home game. This is a road game. Not going there. If you're going to play defense, you can play the Jets because they can get some turnovers from Trevor Lawrence when he's not throwing to James O'Shaughnessy in this game. You can get after it. But, yeah, the Jags offense has been an entire joke. And Trevor Lawrence has not even had streaming volume. It's pretty bad. So the Jets... Is going, Jets are going to be pretty effective in this game in the secondary. Get some sacks here, probably of Trevor Lawrence as well. Cam Robinson hurting for the Jaguars. He's their left tackle. So that really helps uh, the situation there with uh, the Jets' defense. Now, the Jets' offense, Michael Carter, you're not quite sure. The Tevin Coleman thorn is in his side here from last week and going into this week. How much are they going to actually use Michael Carter? They're going to be afraid to use him. Two games return from the ankle injury. This is all things we're worried about here in this game. So uh, it, it's really tough uh, here to go beyond that. I mean, you could look at Jameson Crowder if you need him there. So Crowder and Carter, maybe the two Jets you look at. But unfortunately, just the presence of Zach Wilson. Remember, a lot of Carter's damage was done with Mike White and Joe Flacco and those type of guys in there. Veterans are slightly older, slightly a little bit more efficient here. But Wilson has really kind of hurt the value of all these guys. So... Keep that in mind. Crowder is a low-end wide receiver three flex consideration here. And Michael Carter, as much as I want to bump him up to RB2, I think he's a flex with some upside here in this situation. As the Jets are actually favored, 2.5, 41.5 over under. So not as low as I thought some points to be had there in this game. But be wary and trust uh, the guys that you've trusted all year. And a guy named James O'Shaughnessy. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football and making us your first listen every day as well. Now, get ready for Matchup Thursday. We'll break down the second half of these games so all the way through 
the Sunday night and Monday night games. Those would be this week. Washington and Dallas, Miami, New Orleans will get to all those games in front of that as well, especially some key games in that 4 o'clock window as well for Week 16. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. For Locked on Fantasy Football, for Matchup Wednesday, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you tomorrow looking at the other games. Matchup Thursday.